Okay, today we're going to be speaking about checking and cleaning a challah between shakes. So first we talk about checking the challah, and that is to say that the din is that before uh, someone shechts, he needs to check his challah to make sure there are no pekimas. Uh, if he finds, uh, if he checks it before and it was good, and afterwards he finds a pekima, then it's a question, we don't know when that pekima happened. Did it happen before, during, or after the shrita? And therefore the animal is considered a suffolk nevela and you can't use it. Because the pekima may have happened before or during the shrita and the animal would be in veil. What happens if the person shechts many animals before he comes to do the check after shrita? He checked it at the beginning when he did five animals. And, and he finds a became at the end of all five of them. And since he didn't check in between, we don't know when that happened. And therefore, the thing is that the, all those animals he shechted are considered to be suffering the veil, and they're not kosher. All those that happened in between. And uh, that sounds not so, sound so typical. In fact, it happens all the time um, in poultry uh, slaughterhouses. That's because on a commercial level, um, birds get shechted so quickly and so many per, per minute or per hour that you would, it's not feasible for them to have the shecha check his chalot in between every single one. And it's worth it, financially it's worth it, to have them check many birds and not check them fully afterwards. I take the chance that they might have to declare them on um, the velas. So, for example, in one place that I know of, they check about 8 or 10 chickens per minute, and every 6 minutes <coughs> the shecha gets a warning that tells them to check your chalot. What happens if his chalfa ends up having a pekim after that, that amount of time? That all those birds that he shechted, they, you know, they know we're on the line it goes to, all the birds that he shechted, anybody else who are mixed in with it, are all considered, uh, so, uh, discarded as nevelas. So they take no chance, and in a bird, not so common that the knife should become a, uh, have a pekim in it all together, and they take their chances because it's worth it. They so they could do um, many shechitas and keep on going, and once in a while we end up, in fact, having to throw um, birds out because of that. Okay, now, the, what, what sort of common is um, with, with DACA is that sheep and goats, behemoth uh, DACA, um, the other shirts will sort of take their chances, and they'll go up to like about three, this year, see, we'll let them go, and others will go up to like three shechitas before shechitas and chalaf. There isn't as much pressure, and, but also it's, it's sort of like an in-between case, but for gases, uh, which is, you know, cattle, then um, the CRC requires that they check their chalaf every single time, before and after, um, that's because it's the most likely for that, for the shrit of Agasa to cause it to get a, a pigima. And of course, the, the laws, in case you to declare extra animals as unavailable, is more significant. And therefore, every behemoth Agasa you have to check before and afterwards. Um, and the <coughs> you check before and afterwards. So that way, each potential pigima only affects one animal. Now, as sort of an aside to that, is Rabbi Fishbane, his, his professional feeling is that. Pegimas happen. Pegimas happen in the sakin, mainly to do with the skill of the shechet, which is to say, is if the shechet prepares his chal properly and he shechts properly, then he's not going to have a pegima. Um, he may he may get a little roughness to his chal and it needs to be touched up and fixed up. But a real pegima would only happen either because the chal wasn't really so great when he started, or something to do with the to the way he actually did the shechita. Um, so therefore. Um, he uses that as a measure of how well the shaykh did it. And on the other side also is that you want to see, uh, check the chalaf to, to learn and to understand different kinds of begimas and roughnesses and what does or doesn't count. The way to check it is between shritas, because there you could see, first of all, something happened to it. And every shrita has a little bit of an effect on the chalaf, and you can notice all these different nuances to be able to know and say if that is something or is not something. Okay, so 
Um, now, another thing about checking it is that um, soap can leave, soap is very good, good for cleaning, of course, but soap can leave a film on the chalot, and therefore um, that makes it hard to feel pegimus, it sort of makes it too smooth, you might miss something. So Rafishman does not allow our shechtim to shecht, uh, to, to use soap when they clean the chalachim. Others even go as far, don't, check, don't want chalachim checked when they're wet, that's a different thing, you don't do that. Um, but as far as soap, he tells people not to use soap on their chalachim, um, when they're in the base of shechita. Um, another thing is that the Pesachitra brings that when there's wind blowing, it's hard to notice um, the pegimus on a knife, and therefore, so that just pay attention to that is um, when there's air conditioning or fans blowing, as, as an example, I was in Ashrita, uh, where the Shrita was hot, they had a fan blowing right on him, right by the place where he did the Shrita, so he has to be careful when he checks his house to stay out of the wind or the blowing over there from, from that. Okay, now the, the Gemara says, talks about different ways that people check the Chalafim. Um, the, what we know, of course, you're checking with, with your finger, um, much like checking with the skin that the Prima Government says we really should do it. He's, he's upset, actually, that people stop doing that. We just do now with the fingernail. Um, and that may have something to do with what we spoke about, well, the modern version of it, not the Prima Government's, what we spoke about last time, that um, the Chalafim we use maybe can't even be checked with the finger. It's a question. Uh, but one of the things that Bigamore talks about is that people would check it in the sun. They'd hold it up to the light, and you could see by looking at the blade, you're looking at the edge, at the hood, to see whether there's a Bigamore or not. Um, so the Shokhar doesn't bring that. that, that the Gemara mentions the people who did that. It's not put in Shokhar. The Taz talks about it's a positive thing you should do that. And the Zakichula, excuse me, the Shach implies that you, sh- you don't need to do that. that, um, the, that the Shach makes it sound like if, if you were to find uh, some kind of a problem when you did that, it would be a problem. You don't have to be and therefore check so well. And Zakichula talks back and forth about whether you should shouldn't do it. Um, and in Lamaisa, are not doing that as a rule, uh, but sometimes if there's, you know, two people and one person thinks it's a beam, one thinks it's not, they may pick it up to the light to help them sort of like be machria between them whether there is or there isn't a problem. Okay? <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so now let's move on to now that we've checked the half and the half is clean and we check the after shaders and it's, it has no beginning in either. Wonderful. So, let's think about now what, what happened to this half during the shrita. And that is as follows. When you shaft with the chalf and there's blood left on top of it, the fact that that blood, of course, is trafe, you don't eat blood, but even though blood is trafe and you're about to put that on for the next, uh, the next shaft on the next animal, even if there'd be blood left over, which typically there's not, but even if there would be blood left over, and you didn't rinse it off, uh, the, then the thing is that there's no problem that that blood is going to be balua into the next, uh, into the next animal, because we, as a chashash at the you don't have to worry about that because we say since it's targa fuke dam the the animal that's being shafted now is uh, spitting out its blood so therefore it doesn't absorb blood from the chal that's not a problem <coughs> however <coughs> what happens if the chal was used to shaft in the veil or the trefa so now the, now that it's not just a question of the blood now if there's any shamunas any fat left on the or grease left on the knife that will, that's trafe, because it's from an available from a trafe. There, there's no uh, target limit over there. So there's the thing is, um, you're supposed to rub it off. Uh, the Dabra Kasha, the Shachnarach says, the minigiz lakan chayyafa b'seir habahim, like this, wipe on the side, you know, the animal's here, or just wash it somehow. That's if you use it once for that. Once if you regularly use it for, sh- for shechni trafe, um, then you're supposed to eat it beforehand, 
and so it's a sack and shall mockery, a guy is carving it, it's all the time, then um, you're supposed to hashkaza to sharpen it, and not even, lachatir, you shouldn't even rely on it. What happens if he didn't do these things? He didn't clean it properly, each one with which one you didn't do, then um, you're supposed to wash the base of shechita to get rid of any shamunas that might have been left over, and the past says you should maybe even do removal of the clipper of the base of shechita. So the Simchadasha um, talks about this, and he, he, he says you should clean you should clean the knife. Um, there shouldn't be any grease, any fat left over on, on the chalaf in order that you should use it for the next time. And then he gives a test, and he says, if, here's a test that you should do, you should put water on the sakin, and if it's a clean, if it's completely clean, the water will s- slide down, and if, it, if there's some shanunas left over, then it won't, and here's like a little demonstration of what it, it seems like he had, what he's talking about. So, so you see that the, you know, in, in the one that's completely clean, the water flows very smoothly, and the other one where, where there's some shanunas left on, on the knife, um, it seems to not go as smoothly, and similarly, that's what the Shemchad Nash is talking about. So, when we, when we, when, when a, when a Shechet finishes his Shechita, uh, um, and he cleans his knife, and he, he cleans his knife afterwards, um, especially what we would do for a Behemagasa, what, what, that we have to uh, put onto the stone, I'll talk about that in a second, then seemingly it qualifies for all these things, that we don't have to worry about the Shemunas left from one Shechita for the next one, um, if, if the first one was an available or a chafer, then we don't have to be so concerned about it. And, and talking about the stones, it sort of works like this. Um, I may have mentioned this beforehand. Actually, there are two stones usually. Um, one is, this is a rough stone, and this is a smooth stone. Uh, I guess in the picture you can't see the difference, um, except that the smooth one is a little bit better, better used than the other one is. And the rough stone is uh, what's used for getting the rough edge of the, of the half. It makes it the sharpness and, and hones it down to being a certain... Uh, the, the, so to speak, moves the most metal that makes it as sharp as can be, the chad, and then the, the smooth stone, the glass stone, um, is what makes it chalak, it makes it smoother, it, it, it doesn't remove as much, but it, it finds it out and makes it uh, work better. And uh, most shaykhun have just those two, uh, 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 a, a rough stone and a glass stone, or, or a smooth stone. Um, some shaykhun have more, I hope you know, have different variations of that, but that's by and large what they do. And in fact, this, the CRC requires by, by gases that the, every time, after every shechita, you have to put the chalaf back onto the smooth stone um, to touch it back up and make it ready for the next shechita. Not everybody requires that. But the, on the other extreme of that, so to speak, is that there are some shechitas that do not allow, some abonahon should I say, that do not allow the shechita to bring their rough stone down to the, down to the floor, because they're concerned, if your chalaf is so bad that you need to put it back onto the rough stone, I mean, it needs a lot of work, then you know, it's already that knife is not doing so well, and you're going to need so much work on it that it's going to distract you. Either you won't do a good job, or distract you considerably from the shechita. So they tell the person, if your knife is so bad that it needs the rough stone, put the knife on the side, and pick up a different knife, and use a different one. And if you, all your knives are, are gone, then you have to get off the floor, because you, you can't sit and use the rough stone on the floor. You can only use the gladstone. Um, and others allow it, and they say, you know, you've got to give him his tools. You don't give it to him, he's going to keep shafting with a knife that really needs help. So it's a toss-up, which is, which is really the better way to go. Um, and give him the tool, or say to him, listen, if it's that bad, then you shouldn't use it at all. Okay, now, we're talking here about, and we're going to continue talking about the chalaf, 
and how it's affected by the fact that Hezbollah Shamdin is on it, and I'm going to talk about another issue in a second. Um, and, but there's a, there's a whole different question about the other knives that are in the base of Shechita, not the Chalf, other knives, the butchering knives that are used by uh, the, 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 the rabbinic staff, like for Padikas, uh, and checking other things and cutting things open, and, and, and for the um, rest of the employees who are cutting all kinds of cuts. We're going to talk about those knives some other time, Mirza Shem, in the future, about those knives and what their status is. Today we're focusing just on the Chalf. Um, now, the, it's pretty uh, standard in a Shechita, I'm sorry, in a slaughterhouse, it's pretty standard that there are um, water baths, hot water baths, all over the place. And the hot water baths are there to sterilize knives and hooks and all kinds of things. Which is to say is the government wants the knives, everything to be as sterile as possible, of course. And therefore, they, um, there are these hot water baths so that when a person stops with his knife, he has a pause between one animal and the next, he should dunk his knife into the hot water for a certain amount of sterilization, for whatever it's worth. So they have them spread around in different places um, in order to, and yeah, each one of those baths is filled with hot water, like close to boiling temperature, not exactly, but close to boiling, and usually have its own little coil in there. So that, that little bath is sort of a clearation of hot water sitting in there, and, and people need to uh, use those around the place. Now, there, there are times, there are times that they, excuse me, the USDA will tell the sheikh that they have to stick their chalafim into there also. Um, as, you see, as you see, Larry Fishman once asked the USDA himself, the, the actual, you know, back to the USDA office in Washington and said, is it true, do you need to wash, do you need to put your chalaf into the hot water? And they said, no, there's no legal requirement to do that. You know, but that might be true from the legality and from the technical rules. You don't have to do that. But the USDA inspectors in each plant are very much in control and they do it their own way. And if they tell you that you need to do it, then you must take that seriously. Um, they're not, uh, just because you tell them it's not officially in the rules, that won't necessarily convince them to that. Um, so the question is, so what happens if you, that was going on? Would that be okay for the sheikh to put his chalaf into the, into the hot water bath, uh, into this hot water bath between shechitas? Would he be allowed to do that? What's the question? The question is, in, when talking about beforehand about a person who shechted a nevelo trefer, which of course happens, he shechted something and became a nevelo, or shechted an animal, and how many percent of the animals are trefers? So he shechts plenty of trefers. But over there, we talked about he has to just clean off. You know, he's cleaning between one shechita and the next. So there's a drop. There's just a drop that's left, and he can clean it off. And potentially, seemingly, he's going to get it cleaned every time. He doesn't have to worry about the end being left over from one shechita to the next. But over here, he's sticking his chal into a bucket of hot water that has in it lots of grease in it from all the previous shechitas that went on that went on, or other things that are going on there, and in there is loads of fat of nevelos and trefers. Every time you shech the one that's in the it would be potentially in there, and every time you did a trefer, it would be in there also. Um, and which is a considerable amount. So now, all of a sudden, we're talking about a knife which has a blea, a, a noticeable blea of trefer in it. And the question is, um, so maybe, maybe that, that should be treated like a sakin shalmachri. Maybe we should treat this as, the sakin shalmachri means it's a sakin that's used all the time for treif, that has more significantly in it. So here also, this has significantly from a different angle, because it's dunked into the boiling water, uh, into this cleavation with, with the boiling water in it, and, we, and where it has in it, the veils and treif also, so maybe we should treat it as a sakin shalmachri and give it the Muhammadin. He shouldn't be allowed to use it. And in fact, there's Archa Shulchan who gives that impression that that would be correct. 
However, um, the the crazy place he says the following. Crazy place he says the reason why sakhrus al is different than a, a yid who shechted for an elchaver is not because the guy does it so many times. It's not because we, he did it a zillion times and therefore he has, he has a more significant player than in Bayas. He says no. This is a is this idea that the Beis Hashchit is Reseach, and the Beis Hashchit has Bliyas going through it, and the Tuchet, the Sakinah, causes Bliyas, or, or Shamnunas, and things like that, he says, that's not so Pashat. So, the Chazal told us to be Machmer for it, but they, it's not so Pashat that it's really true. So, it's, it's a Chumrah to be concerned that maybe there are Bliyas over there, or maybe there's Ben that's over there, but it's not uh, such a uh, convincing, we're not for sure that that really exists. And therefore, Chazal, what the din is telling us is as follows. When you have a shayl of min b'minay, I'm sorry, when you have a shayl of min b'she'in b'minay, meaning, the guy used his knife to cut a different min. You're, you're shechting a cow. He used it to shecht a pig, to cut, to slice a piece of pig. So there, with the shayl of min b'she'in b'minay, min b'she'in b'minay means bit of b'shishim. So there, with the shayl of min b'she'in b'minay, so the shayl of deraisa, your meat might be trafed with deraisa, so we say, you know, let's be choshish, that bleah happens at the base of shechita, um, and you need to uh, be, you have to be concerned about that. But what happened? That when it's a sacrificial nachri, because he cut all kinds of animals that are mimbushe in the meaning with what you're with what you're shechting. But when you're when the yid used his knife for an avail, so he cut, he shechted one cow and it was a, it was a trefer, and he shechted a second cow that comes afterwards. It's not because he has fewer animals that he shechted that were not kosher. It's because the animals that he shechted are min b'mina is what he shechted. Now, he, he shechted one cow, now he shechted a second cow. So it's min b'mina. Min b'mina, which is both the paroi, means it tells us that the shayla we have here is only a shayla with Rabbanan, that maybe, maybe this is a min b'mina, which means Rabbanan needs to have shishim. In the rice, it's both the paroi, meaning it's, of course, the beer always going to be bottled. So since it's a shayla only to Rabbanan, so therefore, therefore, Chazal said to be maker, to be less concerned by Sakon, shall Yisrael, that was used for, an, for a trefer, they said to be less concerned in that case, and you could get away with just wiping it off or cleaning or things, things like that. But if that's the difference between a sakin and, and, and a regular sakin, a regular sakin of a yid, if that's the nafkimina, then in our, in the basic shrit of ayas, the fact that it was used many times, and the fact that it's used, sorry, the fact that it has a bleed from this cremation doesn't make a difference. Because the bleed, we're shafting here, sitting all day shafting, let's say sheep. So we're shafting sheep, so all the bleeds that are in there are, are on the vela and tray for of sheep. So then, the fact, even though we know there's a strong blea, that doesn't make a difference, because that strong blea still is a mimbimina with what we're about, the next sheep that we're about to shech now. Um, and so, so, so in that, therefore, that would be a reason to be made on say, either we had to put it into the hot water, that would not cause a problem uh, from to use that chal later on for shechita.